Hello and welcome back to another episode of In Check with Fintech. This week we have the pleasure to be joined by Pierre-Antoine Vacheron, payment CEO at BPCE, the second largest banking group in France. Our guest has a robust experience in operational management and particular expertise in technology, financial industry and payments. Pierre-Antoine joined Group BPCE in January 2018, having held various positions at Ingenico Group since 2009, including the management of the retail and payment services business. Pierre-Antoine has a financial background and an impressive track record in leading growth and business transformation across geographies and international cultures through combination of organic and external growth as well as performance initiatives. Enjoy listening! So without further ado then, Pierre-Antoine, I'd like to welcome you to InCheck with Fintech. Thank you. Thanks a lot for welcoming me. Uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to to exchange with your with our audience on uh, what we are doing at BPC. Looking forward to uh, diving into that uh, today uh, on the show. But before we start, I always ask the guests to introduce themselves and, uh, in this case, also uh, BPCE um, in a few words. Yes, sure, with pleasure. So BPCE, it's uh, the uh, the the. Sm- small name of Banque Populaire Caisse des Banques, so which is the uh, second largest retail bank group in uh, in uh, in France, number four in uh, in Europe. And uh, I joined uh, BPC uh, five years ago, uh, coming from Igenico with uh, a mandate that was to uh, um, uh, carve out and to structure payments as a business for, for the bank. Um, would it be for the bank's customers or for third-party customers? And uh, that was the that was the mandate, and that's what we we've been doing. So we are in France. We are a pretty large player in payments. So we have something like twenty percent market share on the French market. Um, pretty active in digital commerce. Pretty active in card issuing, acquiring, and also bank payments. So like uh, SCT, SDD, and and so on and so forth. So all around payments and cards, or is there also stuff around maybe fintech in the broader sense of the word? Yeah, absolutely. So we, 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 in fact, we basically, we, we starting with an infrastructure and we have uh, a set of fintechs that uh, help uh, other fintechs potentially or digital commerce to have access to payment infrastructure in a, in a modern way, uh, cloud-based, uh, API-based, uh, all open platform. And that's the idea to, to embed payments um, and to embed all infrastructure in uh, digital journeys. Interesting. Now, I'm curious to learn a bit more about that, but maybe before we do, you, you worked at Worldline and Genico for a long time, and then you went to BPCE, which is a, I'd say, traditional bank. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think before you joined, it was more of a traditional, well-known bank, established bank within France. You came from a payments player that was known to be more innovative. What made you say, okay, yes, I'm going to make that jump to go from a payments, pure payments player to a financial service provider. In fact, there was a clear ambition from the top management of the bank uh, to uh, to build payments as a business line and to be innovative, to differentiate from the uh, traditional incumbents and to demonstrate that we could be uh, very strong payment partners uh, on, the, on the domestic market and not being disrupted by the fintechs. I see. All right. Okay. So there was, like you said, a clear mandate, a clear mission to really be uh, different and contribute to the fintech payments industry as such. Absolutely. That's exactly the idea. The idea is to disrupt ourselves uh, instead of being disrupted by the others. So there's a carved out business unit that takes care of kind of this kind of fintech payments involvement, right? Yes, uh, exactly. So we, we, um, 
we we have a very specific setup uh, in a bank ecosystem whereby we have account out processing assets uh, that we manage on our own with our, its own product policy, its own uh, IT and so on source, which is separate from the bank. And besides that, uh, we have um, a bunch of fintechs that we have either acquired or we have invested in uh, as a minority shareholder or we have created ourselves. Uh, so we have all the models uh, on the catalog, if I may say so. <laughs> How many fintechs are there then that you're involved in through acquisition, investment, or uh, setting up? So we have uh, three fintechs now uh, because we have merged uh, a few of them. So there is uh, Payplug, uh, which is um, which is uh, digital commerce uh, PSP. Uh, so competing with the guys like Stripe or Adyen uh, with a very strong um, um, value proposition uh, being to be the, the best solution for the French market. Okay. And we can come back to that. Yeah. Um, and this is the merger, the result of the merger between Peplug and Dalinis. So two startups that we acquired uh, five years ago. Then we have Exponents, which is a, a bank as a service solution that we have created uh, ourselves. Uh, so it's a cloud native uh, platform. Uh, fully uh, open, open based, um, providing uh, on the B two B to C or B two B use cases uh, payment means um, uh, for embedded uh, for embedded journeys. Okay, embedded payment journeys. So those are the two that we are fully controlling, and then uh, there is Bridge, uh, which is a minority investment where we have. 22% together with a VC, uh, which is a French VC called uh, Truffle Capital, and which is dedicated to um, open uh, um, open banking. Uh, so where we are competing with the guys like Tink, for instance. And finally, uh, we uh, remain a shareholder of uh, Swile, uh, which is on a very specific vertical, which is a HR uh, fintech. Uh, we remain the first uh, shareholder, but it's a bit of a separate story from the three others. Why is that a separate story? Because it's also within the avenue of HR or? Yeah, because it's a bit the avenue of HR and because we have, uh, so we, we are obviously at the board, uh, but we do not consider to build a very strong product uh, that we would reintegrate within the bank, whereas for Bridge uh, in open banking, we start to combine their product with the product of Exponents, for instance, or with the product of Payplug uh, to have um, bank-based payments um, uh, in our portfolio of products. Interesting. And, and you mentioned in Bridge, you work uh, together with a VC, right? How does it yeah. work? How do you work together with a VC? What's the dynamic there? In fact, we have a pretty close uh, relationship. So we are together at the board. Uh, obviously, we have the same uh, stake in the company, and uh, we we still have Casino, you know, the retail brand, as uh, the the third part, uh, the third shareholder, and we uh, we align uh, at the board. Uh, we have pretty much the same vision um, on on the trajectory of the company. Um, we have the same level of, uh, of involvement. The only uh, um, difference that uh, BPC is bringing synergies on top um, uh, of that to the table. 
which obviously a VC cannot bring, but uh, the VC can bring some additional commercial relationship. So it works. Um, it works pretty well. Uh, obviously, um, the the exit mechanism mechanisms are already organized. Uh, the governance of the company is well structured so that we uh, prevent the company to have interferences from a large corporate, uh, which is obviously a very key uh, topic for VC. So what is it, would you say is the benefit of working together with a VC and being together in the venture bridge? In fact, the, uh, the, 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 the value for, for, for the VC is to get the synergies from the corporate and the value for the corporate is to get to some extent the discipline, uh, coming from a VC in terms of managing a startup. I see. All right. Okay. Because is there, so Payblock X Poland's bridge. Um, would you say they're all at different phases of maturity and of, uh, proof of market fit or where do you feel they are in their kind of growth trajectory? No, no, you're, you're absolutely, it's, it's absolutely a, a great question. Uh, I would say that, uh, Payplug is really uh, a scale up now. So it's a 10 billion volume, 10 billion euro volumes, uh, year on year, still growing 30% year on year. Uh, but it's, a it's, a it's a large company, it's 200 people, uh, well-structured and the, the, the market fit is, is abuse. You know, it's, uh, any solution for e-commerce and for omni-channel commerce. Um, so it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's all stable because it's still a scale up. Um, but, uh, it's, it's quite mature. Uh, Exponence is getting, uh, mature. Um, uh, the, as you, as you may know, the bank as a service ecosystem is still at quite an early stage. And huh? when you look at the guys like, uh, even Solaris or Vodeno or, um, um, Trezor in France, uh, it's still a market, which is getting mature, Yeah, but, um, we have, uh, had, uh, very good successes uh, in the recent months, which demonstrate um, that the market is getting there and that the fit, uh, the market fit of Exponence is getting there also. So we are we are quite quite uh, optimistic. And uh, Bridge, it's a bit uh, even more venture type of investment uh, because the open uh, banking market in uh, in France and uh, even in Europe is still. Uh, at, at an early stage for the simple reason that the ecosystem linked to PSD2, uh, the quality of the API, the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the model, the economic model of instant payment is not stabilized yet. So uh, that, that does create some, uh, some, um, uh, that does slow down the pickup of this market. To maybe talk about a bit more about those markets that these three companies operate in uh, in a bit, but maybe first because I'd say there's different tastes of success when it comes to banks deciding to okay we're going to venture out and we're going to start fintech acquired and we're going to grow them. They have the biggest plans. There's innovation labs. There's all that. Um, I know the example here in the Netherlands of the ING who had this innovation labs. They invested in the likes of PayVision. Uh, into uh, Yolt, the open banking company, as well as some other ones, but decided now on board level, okay, we're going to stop all those um, investments because it's not giving us the return that we uh, that we want. It's hard for us to monetize. How have you kind of seen that over those kind of past couple of years that you've been with uh, BPCE? How, what is the 
what is the formula for success if you what has made you guys so successful in it of having kind of these free very focused companies on specific sectors in the fintech space uh and made them successful what's the secret sauce if you will uh i don't know if it's a secret sauce but what makes uh, us a bit different from other banks is the fact that uh, we have brought inside uh, payment guys and payment uh, ladies, uh, if I may say so. Um, so all those fintechs have not been managed by people coming from the bank, uh, but they have been managed by people coming from the payment uh, industry. And that makes uh, uh, a massive difference because we speak the same language as the founders. Um, we, we speak about the same industry. We are not speaking about the banking industry. Um, and we know, um, what those companies need to grow and we know how to protect them from the large corporate. And I think that's, that has been a very key, um, a, a very key topic. If you take, for instance, compliance, um, what happened to some of the banks that you have mentioned is that they were not fully aware what was in the portfolio of the assets they, they, they acquired and suddenly they, they realized that and so they, 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 they shifted completely the approach saying oh my god it's too dangerous for, for the bank what it can accept and so on so forth. I think we have had um, since we had the experience we knew what could fit with the bank what couldn't fit and we had time to align to some extent the portfolio and also to negotiate with the compliance of the bank so that we could have the right path, the, the right balance, so that the business could grow uh, within the bank. By having kind of those subject matter experts, if you will, in place, yeah, exactly. who spoke the language, who were not viewing or looking at FinTech through the glasses of more traditional banking, let's say, um, yeah. you're able to uh, make it successful. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, that, that has made a, a big difference. Then uh, the fact that we were also, uh, to some extent, uh, in the same business group as the payment traditional payment processing business, which is uh, highly profitable, yeah. that uh, helped us to some extent to um, uh, to grow uh, loss making uh, businesses, which which were the business of our fintechs, uh, without having to go to the to the to the board too often to ask for more money. Um, and everyone obviously was aware, it was uh, transparent, uh, but that made the life of everybody quite easy to know that we could fund uh, the growing, the, the, I mean, the scale up time of those uh, fintechs uh, without uh, having to show too much, um, too much investment. Are you struggling to plan your hiring strategy for 2023 in today's market? PCN is here to help. We offer a step-by-step -step consultation to provide tailored solutions to improve your hiring plan. Contact us today by visiting teampcn.com slash contact us to schedule your consultation and let us help you be ahead of your competition. It's fair to say that the payments part, so PayPlug is kind of the engine that keeps the uh, motor or keeps the car driving of the BPC FinTech initiative. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the flagship uh, of, the, of the portfolio. That enables that has enabled uh, the BPC to uh, win market share on the e-commerce, and we are the only bank uh, to 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 win market share on the e-commerce in France, and uh, that makes the um, the bank pretty pretty proud. And we are now among the top three of the e-commerce in France, um, and everybody is proud about that. 
it's not all simple because uh, PayPlug, it's a full service model. So we do ourselves the acquiring. So the bank is not doing the acquiring anymore. Right. Uh, but step by step, the bank um, learns that uh, payment solutions are not bought from a bank, but they, they can be bought from um, a Shopify uh, CMS solution. They can be bought from an integrator and so on and so forth. And so we bring to the to the bank the ability to diversify the channels to market and to remain relevant in this ecosystem. Well, I mean, it makes sense that uh, PayPlug is the flagship. I mean, payments is the most mature, I would say, of fintech. So if you have a stable business in place, and like you said, you're one of the top three, then that could be your, uh, um, your flagship, your engine. Uh, whatever you want to call it. And it's, I mean, given your background, it's probably a language that you speak the best, right? Payments, I would say. Yes, even if I, uh, I improved a lot on the other side here. Yeah. Oh, the business, I mean, the, 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 the issuing, which is quite a fascinating uh, area, uh, is quite interesting. And bank payments, I would say, especially with instant ST, uh, is the next frontier, uh, clearly, for payments in, uh, in, uh, in Europe. So it's, uh, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting used also to those uh, segments. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But I guess nothing can beat, uh, having 15 to 20 years in payments, right? Also because open banking and bars are simply not that old yet. So I've yeah, some right. up to do, which, uh, yeah, you're running, uh, behind the facts, uh, I would say, but yeah, on, on kind of maybe payments or digital commerce, then when do you think it's going? I mean, yeah, top three in, in France, uh, with PayPlug, I think you're, you're quite well known as well across, uh, across Europe. Um, Maybe looking at the market of digital commerce payments as such, where do you think it's it's going to go? What is the future of it? Well, I think there are, I mean, there are three uh, three three directions. Uh, I think um, one trend is the uh, to some extent the online to offline uh, shift, uh, meaning that. Uh, um, uh, the omnichannel that we have been speaking about for years is moving much faster if you have very strong e-commerce proposition mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a brand. Huh? Um, and um, bringing to the offline world the UX, the journeys um, of the online world um, makes a big difference when you are a, a retailer. And so I think that's, that's one of the ways on which we want to serve Thanks to thanks to PayPlug, obviously, and we have built a very strong value proposition in terms of omnichannel, uh, online to offline. Um, so that's that's one point. I think the second area uh, is the the um, the shift to um, real time dematerialized um, uh, payments. Um, so would it be card? Um, uh, which is shifting to um, to to real time increasingly. Um, would it be instant payment? Um, would it be the dematerialization of the POS uh, through the tap to pay? Um, all those trends, to some extent, are making convergence between uh, the various payment rails with the same expectation from the consumers of um, real time. And uh, embedded um, embedded the payment within a journey. Okay, and that's I think that's the uh, the second trend I would mention. And I would say the third trend um, in retail payment uh, will be linked to the to the to the rise of uh, bank payments 
um, especially on the back of the emergence of the skills that we bring the same level of protection uh, as a card payment with uh, more recent technology and uh, I'm sure you've been following um, the EPI European scheme story um, and uh, I think that would be one of the uh, one of the, the, the key answers uh, in the in the years to come. Um, and then so that's for retail payments and I would say that we have also um, significant evolution in B2B payments in cash management. Um, all what we have witnessed in retail uh, in terms of open platform is coming uh, for B2B payment and cash management. And I think that's also the next uh, the next revolution. And they can tackle more with Bridge, I think, right? The cash management side of it. Yes, exactly. Um, bridge and Exponents also, uh, because uh, from time to time to orchestrate the payments, uh, to ease um, uh, reconciliation, it's good to have uh, uh, a demand license uh, to be able to have separate accounts, separate bands uh, to to master your your payments, and so bridge and exponents from that perspective are, are quite complementary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you have the bank behind you, so yeah, clearly have a strong proposition. So, uh, so that's great. I, I picked up from your EBI kind of comments. Uh, interesting. Do you think that still has a has a future EBI? Yeah, yeah, we are very much involved in that. Okay, well, you have to say yes then. Yeah, <laughs> so So uh, I hope uh, the answer is yes. Uh, we are, we are, we are, we are, there is still a very, I mean, there is again, very strong momentum around uh, this project, very much focused on, um, on bank payments and on creating a scheme on, on bank payments. So instant, um, instant SCT. And, um, uh, there is, uh, I think there is good probability that something comes out officially in the coming, uh, in the very coming months. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. For me, as an outsider, it seems so tough to change consumer behavior, to go from a Visa, MasterCard, to say, okay, we're going to use a completely different scheme. and different. It's a bit of a pool and pool strategy, right? You have to be able to offer that kind of payment method in order to have the consumers actually start using it. In order to offer the payment method, you need the consumers who want to actually use it. So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, I would say. Yeah, yeah you're right. But look at the uh, Netherlands that you know well. Yeah. Ideally, ideally, some kind of uh, API um, advanced API, huh? yeah. so it's uh, it's really bank payments uh, for e-commerce, and uh, and have been very successful in in, uh, in ten years. But uh, ten years in in the payments industry, a short period of time. Yeah. So true, yeah. And they also have all those different demographics, right? The payment demographics of preferences across Europe. So, I mean, it's a um, it's a challenge. It's a big mountain. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But it's exciting. That's why I'm excited to see what, what's going to come. I know that the EU the central bank has, has tried this one time before. I can't remember the exact name. But there was another initiative, I think about a decade ago, that didn't uh, get the result. I think they pulled back. Um, I hope the EPI is going to work out. I think there's different powers at play, let's say. There's the countries, there's the governments, there's the banks, there's the merge. There's, there's so much. No, no, you're right. It's not, it's not easy, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic than I've been. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. I'm sure that this is probably not the first yeah. kind of challenge you've uh, you've ran into. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a bit about uh, yeah, exponents then maybe, and also kind of the banking as a service uh, yeah. market, right? But 
fintech uh, let me frame this uh next question this way fintech financial technology i think 2013 it really came around as an umbrella term right but always there's arguments for saying and i think you see labels now people saying yeah we are in the fintech space because anything that has to do with technology and financial stuff can be considered as fintech how do you see that with banking as a service do you feel that banking as a service is really something new and innovative or has it been around for a much longer time but only now it's becoming kind of a real thing and there's an industry being built around it uh, how do you see that uh, evolution? No, I, I think you're 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 right. I think it has been around for quite a few years. Uh, I mean, if you take the guys like Solaris, I mean, they're not that that young, yeah. No. But if you take Trezor, they're not that young. Um, but it's true also that so there has been a first wave um, of bank as a service for the fintechs. The, the, the to some extent, the first generation of fintechs that didn't want to build or that it were more focusing on the uh, consumer experience, but didn't want to take the burden of uh, the regulation, the license, the compliance and so on forth. But what happened is that either those fintechs have not been successful, and so there was no transaction for the for the bank and the service providers, or they were so successful that they became uh, independent and they left uh, their bank and the service provider. But I think the next generation will still come to some extent from, from fintech, but will more probably come from, uh, from brands, from retail brands uh, that will embed um, payment um, in their customer journey. Um, and the more the bank and the service provider get mature, um, the more competitive they are, uh, the easier it is to integrate the solution in the journey of uh, of the brand, and uh, so the, the the less expensive it becomes for the brands to integrate payments in their journey, and we know conceptually the value of payments for a brand mm-hmm. in terms of data collection, in terms of royalty um, uh, of the of the consumer. The challenge is how do I embed payments? Without heavy investment and heavy risk for for the for the brand, and I think our next generation of bass, in which I, I tend to put um, uh, exponents, um, makes it much more affordable uh, for a bank for a retail brand to embed payment. So that's that's one piece, the retail brand, and the other piece is all what we've been discussing around uh, moving moving the money when you are a corporate of cash management. Paying in, paying out invoices, and, and so on forth. And here, the, the bank of the service uh, provides uh, easy ways and means to orchestrate, to reconcile um, the movement of funds. And uh, that's that's another topic which is quite new. In fact, which did not exist uh, just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that all the accounting softwares uh, are moving also that direction to to be able to easily integrate through API um, BAS payment solution uh, because that's the way for 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 them to enrich their value proposition and to adapt to the new requirements the new expectations of their uh, corporate customers. The European number one merchant payments event is coming up in Berlin from March 28th to the 30th. 
MPE 2023 is the destination for industry innovation bringing together over 1,300 people and companies redefining the merchant payments ecosystem. Uniquely focused on merchant payments, the 16th annual MPE connects more than 350 big merchants with over 1,000 acquirers, PSPs, established companies, as well as startups from more than 40 countries. Expect three days of world-class content delivered by top industry leaders and influencers. For more information, visit MerchantPaymentsEcosystem.com and use the promo code PCN to get a 10% discount on your ticket. Yeah, I think, I mean, the cash management, and you talk about invoice, it's always been so heavily paper-based, right? And then I think now that digitization, it makes total sense. What is the challenge there? Why has it been taking so long for this to happen? Is there a challenge there? Is there something I'm missing that makes it hard to actually get this going and make it successful? No, I think the main reason was the fact that uh, corporate uh, hardly put money in their uh, treasury management. Okay. Uh, so it's always so difficult for a treasurer to get a budget uh, to innovate in, in payments. And remember that for quite a long period of time, um, uh, money, uh, money was for free. Uh, so there was not that much uh, pressure to rationalize cash management and the situation has drastically uh, changed over the last uh, over the last year so I think that's that's one point I think also there is um, a level of maturity of the fintechs that have been created over the last 10 years which step by step are moving to the optimization of their operating model which includes their own management I mean their um, the, the management of their own money. Um, and th those guys have been putting um, pressure um, or have been creating new needs in terms of uh, integrating a cash management uh, solution, which, and all this has um, paved the way for uh, next generation of fintech in this uh, type of area, which you take, for instance, a numero in France, that's exactly the, this, uh, this, uh, this idea. And uh, since the uh, the VC are always looking for new ideas to invest, uh, they are uploading this uh, next uh, trend, I think. I think that's the, the dynamic of the industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how on the back of a development and innovation or even a regulation, right? You mentioned PSD2, a whole sector uh, or new industry basically can be built, which is open banking, which is obviously something you tackle as well with... Uh, Bridge. Hey, hey, you you described banking as a service, and then I think more, if you look at the retailer side, embedded finance, right? Yeah. I, when I try to explain it to my friends, I always talk about the Uber example. But I also see it now, indeed, with uh, car rental companies or any retailer that is issuing a loyalty card, for example, that's basically embedded finance. You're right. No. Yeah, exactly. Such a huge opportunity, I think. And like you said, indeed, it's a way for... I think it's a luxurious position to be in because smaller merchants will not do this. This will be really for the big retailers and the big brands because it makes sense for them. Um, such a big opportunity also to save costs uh, and optimize and own your own kind of payment experience. Yeah, you're, 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 you're right. And if you think about uh, tokenization of payment means, uh, I mean, that's the Uber experience. You know, uh, at the beginning, the, the best example of embedded payments is Uber. So where you, your card is within your app and uh, you, you're not doing anything, but you are paying effectively uh, the, the, the journey. And step by step, this movement is expanding into any area 
um, of your daily life. I mean, uh, you go to the to the cinema, you have your uh, the app of uh, of uh, of uh, Beaumont or Pate in France, and you do not pay anymore. I mean, you you just click on the tickets and it's done. Uh, and you have many examples of this of this kind. You can get, and then you know once you have embedded uh, payments in your app. You can add uh, BNPL very easily. You can add insurance products uh, very easily. Um, you can add um, foreign currency management. You can add savings plans. You can add any any type of financial services. So obviously, the the, the challenge for all customers um, is to be disciplined so that you do not embed solutions and services that your customers, your own consumers. Will not um, will not uh, purchase ultimately will not use, um, but besides that you can uh, you can expand in terms of value proposition and in terms of uh, stickiness of your consumer. It can be uh, quite quite interesting. I love that seamlessness of the famous experience that the likes of uh, Uber have and indeed the Pate and and those kind of guys. It's very dangerous for me though uh, in terms of excessive spending, but uh, other than that, is a great development. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, and looking ahead then, uh, Pierre, what do you think is the future for BBCE? Is it going to be really focusing on these kind of free four fintechs that you're currently investing in? Do you think there's an argument for saying, no, we're also going to maybe explore other uh, avenues? I mean, within fintech, there's different sectors, right? There's, uh, you mentioned the compliance, there's a whole KYC compliance area. There's crypto, of course, there's neo trading, there's all that. Um, what is, what is the plan? I think that the, the, I mean, the the, the the plan, I mean, the conviction is that uh, all financial services are getting digitalized, uh, and um, if you obviously we we still have as a bank the the the, the retail branches which are very important, but increasingly we we do distribute products uh, through digital experience. Uh, so one one mainstream for us is to embed as many services as we can into the um, the digital banking uh, uh, solution that we provide to the consumers. And so, for instance, for the small and the small companies, the SMBs, we do want to provide a payment solution that they can click on their application and do not need to go to their advisor to their cons- um, um, to, the, to their to their sales guy. Um, to to buy uh, additional services and it should be the same for factor services for short term loans and so on and so forth. So that, that that's one big trend. And here the thought is, okay, if we want to add services, can we, uh, to some extent, create the right right the right APIs so that the legacy services of the bank can be ported on the platform, or should we partner with some other guys uh, that will bring additional services that we are not able to bring with the same level of experience um, as the competition coming from the from the fintech, and um, so that's one one piece. I think uh, uh, there are some new areas that you are that you are referring to. For instance, uh, uh, obviously there is uh, a demand from consumers to be able to invest into crypto um, how do we bring this type of services with the right level of um, of security 
uh, to our consumers because they, they, they want that. So that that's clearly uh, uh, an area. Um, consumer credit and, and BNPL, uh, as you know, uh, probably is entering, has entered into a new era uh, with the evolution of interest rates, um, the default rates, which are increasing. So there will be more selection on the players uh, of BNPL, which is a good opportunity for uh, large players like the banks um, to be uh, probably less defensive than they have been uh, in, the, in the years 2021, uh, um, 2021. Um, I think that's already a few, uh, a few, a few good topics. Yeah. And so the, the approach that we, um, that we have once again is to have very disciplined make or partner approach. Um, so that when we think we can leverage on the assets that we have, we do it and, uh, and we want our assets to be, uh, as profitable and as, uh, used as possible. But if we can go faster, even during a transition period with, um, with a third party, uh, and this is what we did for open banking with bridge, then we will, we will do it this way. And sometimes we will invest. As a majority, sometimes we will invest as a minority, and sometimes we we'll just have, for a period of time, a commercial partnership. You're opportunistic, basically. Yeah. As long as very, very opportunistic on the way we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great. All right. Is there plans to also look at ventures who are have their headquarters outside of France, or is the focus going to remain on France headquarters company? I mean, by exception, we can go outside of France, but our main, our main market remains uh, France. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where you have the most knowledge as well. So, uh, cool. Yeah. So it's been great to speak to you. Uh, I think it's been very uh, interesting to see how you have made it successful and kind of the thought process behind it. One kind of term I really liked and it, not necessarily something to comment on, but I wrote down something I never heard before. De dematerialized real-time payments. Like I've heard of real-time payments and I've dematerialized real-time payments. So thanks for that. That's something I've learned today. Uh, and great to have you on the show. Um, and um, yeah, good luck with the future. And I'll keep a close eye on the journey. Uh, but thanks for being here and uh, sharing your views. Thanks for Roger and thanks for your time and your interest. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of InCheck with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to stay updated with the latest episodes of our podcast.